fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Pat and Stu for Glenn this week. Uh, what a great debate last night. Was that fun? Was that fun? Oh, oh man. I, I had a blast. <laughs> I, could, I could watch it all night and really kind of did because it lasted a long, long time. Could that have been longer? It, well, it ended 15 minutes ago. So, yes, it could, it could still be going on. <laughs> At one point, I'm like, what time is it? And it's like 20 minutes after the start of the debate. And yeah. all they've done is sing the national anthem, have the color guard come out and do opening statements. They hadn't asked one question 20 right. minutes into the I debate. Know. I know. Right, but it gave people a chance to catch up on the debate if they got, you know, if they joined it late. Like Jeffy said, he joined it late, and so he didn't miss anything. No, you can't. Didn't there was no joining thing. it late because no. there was nothing good. Right. Did you have a moment there where you're thinking to yourself, it was awesome when we had a country, you know, where capitalism was a, was a part of it, uh, where people thought that the Constitution was something that we should think about occasionally. Yeah, where class warfare wasn't practiced every single minute of every day by yeah. Democrats. Maybe yeah. that, that would be great. Yeah, that be would great. be great. I mean, I can't believe Oof. this idea. And this is the, the, the narrative coming out of the media today, which is. There was this battle for the soul of the party between the moderates and, and the, the left. You know, you got the socialists out there, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren in the middle of the stage. And then you had all these moderates coming after him. Yeah, no. Where were the moderates exactly? I, I didn't see any. Was there, did, what time did they get on the stage? Because I missed all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the moderate, think too. about this. The moderate position now in the Democratic Party is only two years of free college for every single person in America. That's the moderate mm-hmm. position now. That yeah. used to be an insane left-wing position. Now it's the moderate position. Even Steve Bullock last night said he's a progressive. He's, oh, yeah. not, a, he's not a moderate. Yeah. Everybody's saying he's a moderate. He says he's a progressive. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, then you're saying essentially that you want the socialist policies. They do. You just want to progress there gradually. Right. That's all that is. Oh, yeah. And that's, that, was the, that was the fascinating part of this because the discrepancy between Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and people like John Delaney and Bullock and others and Klobuchar, none of it was based on the idea that getting to full socialism was a bad idea, that that would be a terrible outcome. It was all based on, we can only get certain things done, let's be realistic and get the parts of it we can get done now and keep advancing. The only one who sort of stood up for some sort of sanity is Hickenlooper. Right, and he was, I would say, probably the worst one in the debate. He's, he's awful. Ryan is really bad too. He's also a guy who went to a, a like a porn movie with his mom yeah. when he was eighteen. That's <laughs> I mean, you know, this is a fact. It's kind of weird stuff, and he's a weird guy. But at least he is saying, "Look, we need to." We need to ground this party in reality. We can't be socialists. We can't. Well, we will lose the election if we're... And I hope he's right about but that. But again, what you're saying is key. It's not that socialism is bad. Right. It's we need to be realistic or we'll lose. Yeah. Because some of the American people don't see the brilliance of our socialism yet, so we need to slow play this thing. Mm-hmm. That is a totally different point than saying socialism is bad. I mean, Hickenlooper yeah. is a guy who's best known for basically saying, you know that Second Amendment? What if we didn't have it? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what he did in Colorado. That's what he's famous for. It's true. You know, that, yeah. that whole Second Amendment thing, they probably didn't mean that one, right? Like, that is where he comes from. And he's, again, 
the moderate. I mean, Delaney, I thought, had really good points against Sanders and Warren, and they went back and forth quite a bit about you know whether you can have Medicare for all. Do you want to really want to force a hundred million people to abandon their health care and go on government health insurance? Yeah. And uh, is that the type of thing we want to be? As a Democratic Party, do we want to be the party that says, hey, we're taking away that thing that you like? Right? And that's a good mm-hmm. point. It is a good point. However, he's not making it in the idea uh, with the idea of, well, the, the proper outcome is people should always be able to choose and the free market should have these wonderful forces to help control costs and all this. It was like, well... If we do that, people will get mad at us and they'll, de- they'll elect Donald Trump and we won't be able to get any more socialism. So if we do it my way, we'll get a good chunk more socialism and then we could do it again next election. Mm-hmm. Right. We can slow play this like people didn't like Obamacare at first. So we can get Obamacare. Then next election, which is, by the way, what they're doing, they can come in and say, well, now we need Obamacare times two or times three or times four. Which, again, is exactly what we said was going to happen. And here it is playing out. Just like everybody knew it was going to happen. Triple eight seven two seven back back in sixty seconds. This is the Glenn Beck program. Hi, I'm Kathy Lee Gifford, and I've got a question for you. Have you ever tried tackle? It's awesome. You and I are busy people, right? Sometimes we just need a little help with those annoying little chores around the house. But finding help can be more of a challenge than just doing it yourself. Not with Tackle. Tackle connects you with approved providers who can do all those things you don't have time to do. And they do it according to your schedule. It's a great way to make time for the more important things in your life. Go to Tackle.com or download the free Tackle app and look at the hundreds of available chores you can get done. You can find someone to help with things like mowing your yard, hauling off your junk, and pressure washing your patio. Tackle gives you fast help for small jobs. That's T-A-K-L, Tackle. Visit Tackle.com or download the Tackle app today. Try the Tackle app today and use promo code Tackle for 10% off your first job. Enter the promo code Tackle, that's T-A-K-L, and get 10% off your first job. I'm also uh, in love with the uh, climate change hysteria, too, because that's that's just good fun uh, when they tell us that we have 10 years. But there was a little discrepancy. It's either 12 years or it's 10 years and then catastrophe now. So and that uh, was, by the way, uh, disproven by the people who did the study they're quoting. They have, yes, outwardly come out and said, no, it's not 12 years or 10 years. That's not what the study says. Why do people keep saying that? Thank you for giving us the opportunity to clear it up. There's and it was fact. It was actually fact checked by Mm -hmm. NBC and others. And they said there's no catastrophe after, you know, at 2030 is not the demarcation of catastrophe for the for the climate change thing. It's not Um what they're trying to say is that they need to do something. You know, we need to get really serious about it. They're just, they're not saying it's going to be catastrophic if we don't. No, but who is going to respond if you say we need to get serious about it within 12 years? You're like, nobody, right? No. <laughs> that's the problem. And that's and they know that, yeah. and that's why they keep doing the hysteria. Yeah, and that's why. Yeah, this is why they... That's um, been their plan know, forever. Lie. Yeah. This is why they lie yes. about it, because they know... You know, they're trying to get people to act on this thing. And it's a wonderful way to, to push this stuff through, right? The Green New Deal was the most clear 
illustration of this, right? How long has have conservatives said global warming is essentially the way the left uses it a front to bring in large government control so slash socialism slash every other freaking policy they've asked for for the past few decades mm-hmm. why not get it all done through environmental means and then they kept saying like what are you talking about this is science we have scientists here they're all saying how bad this is going to be this is crucial it's the most important issue it's not al-qaeda it's not uh, school shootings it's not uh, opioids it is this this is the most important thing it's not even nuclear weapons it's this it's the globe warming warming 0.9 degrees over 100 years that's the most important thing so what's the policy you want to address with it oh here's the green new deal why does it have medicare for all in it why does it have required jobs in it why is it why are you talking about every left-wing fever dream for the past half century why are all of those things in the green new deal because honestly if you want to help the environment the best thing we can do is let people die if if people just die then we'll cut the the co2 emissions you don't want extra health care it's the worst thing in the world for the environment people living is terrible did that's you, their that's their cell. Did you guys talk about uh, a couple of weeks ago? Mo Brooks was they were doing a hearing on climate change, and Mo Brooks uh, got four scientific global warming experts on to admit uh, that that the Earth has been warming for twenty thousand years, ever since the last ice age. Hmm. Essentially, off and on, other than a few dips for little ice ages and whatever. Mm-hmm. In, in the meantime. It's been warming for 20,000 years. Was that caused by global warming? Was that caused by humans? Oh, of course it was. And every one of them said no. And so the average average temperature increase, he said, over the uh, centuries, per century, was was 0.4 degrees. I think Mm -hmm. because it's it's gone up 11 degrees in 20,000 years. Okay, so I think it worked out. I don't remember all the specifics, but what he got them to admit was the average of the last 20,000 years is about the same as it's been the last hundred years. Mm. It's really no different. And and yet they're attributing all of this in the last hundred years or the last 50 or the last 30 to to humans, to human caused uh, uh, greenhouse gas emissions. Amazing. When it's the same as it's been uh the earth's natural climate changing situation that's happened forever do you know i can see the denial coming mm. from you right now i can see it you, you emanating. can see it mm-hmm. yeah and it, it's mm-hmm. scary because <laughs> i live on this earth yeah okay? yeah i know you do my children live on this earth yeah and so what it, you're doing to them mine right do now as well but with mm-hmm. your denial mm-hmm. is, what am i doing is, to your t- children you're, you're terrifying me oh boy you know this is no. why we can't just go with the moderate proposal for how to deal with global warming from someone like John Delaney, mm-hmm. who's offering a, a too conservative an approach of only spending $4 trillion, his number, on on global warming. Mm-hmm. Now, he's below a Beto, who I think is at $5 trillion, We need to and go it goes 90? up from there. Are yeah. you saying about $90 I'd trillion? say $90 trillion a month is about the number I'd like to, <laughs> I'm comfortable with. $90 trillion a month. Can we fix it at $90 trillion a month? We cannot. Oh, you know, because okay. the problem is at that point, well, that, you're, you're well, printing so much money that just the machines to print the money cause more global warming. So you need to spend more. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's probably true. I, I will say this. Ninety trillion dollars a month is, is not enough. Mm-hmm. And I, and you've seen these these hardcore right wing proposals from, again, the quote unquote 
moderates last mm-hmm. night in the debate. Uh, John Delaney did mention this briefly, but I've looked at the uh, extensive plan. His plan, again, the moderate, the guy that you watched last night, I think everybody in this audience, if they watched the debate last night, watched and said, that guy actually kind of seems sensible on some of this stuff. Like, he's okay mm-hmm. on health. I mean, he, I don't agree with him, but he's much better than Bernie Sanders and, and Elizabeth Warren. He introduced a plan that would require every person, when they turn 18 years old, to serve the government in a mandatory fashion for one or two years doing things like installing solar panels and (laughs) i love this one uh increasing awareness about sustainability (laughs) now (laughs) i don't know what that means exactly i assume Mm. it's like you have a megaphone you're like one of the like uh, end of the world preachers who are just going like you know Mm -hmm. sustainability (laughs) no one is be aware of it because I got to increase the awareness of sustainability. So sustain, if you would, please. Thank you. <laughs> that is, a, so you have to actually, you're, you're brought into service. You're going to go to places and install solar panels because what 18 year old who can't get my order right at a fast food restaurant wouldn't be capable of installing a solar panel. I mean, of course, that's going to be just, it's going to come natural, mm-hmm. but they'll train them all to. And they'll pay them, and they'll put them up in housing, and it will be a requirement for every 18-year-old to do. That's the moderate in this party. Have you heard this? uh, Let's take a 60-second break here, Pat. Um, Mm -hmm. And we should come back. And remember, do you remember the Obama era? Do you remember this? Do you have any recollections of Barack Obama as president of the United States? I actually do. And yeah. remember how liberal they were, like really mm-hmm. far left, and and we were complaining about it all the time, and there were crazy people like David Axelrod and Rahm Emanuel who were kind of going, they're just saying all these crazy left-wing things, and no one could believe it? Yeah. Let me tell you where these people stand now. We'll do that in 60 seconds. Warning. If you're buried in debt you can't afford... Do not let the credit card companies make you think you have to pay it all back. Because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Answers at 800-970-9159. If you're struggling to pay off your debt, Do not let the credit card companies make you think you have to. Call Credit Answers now for free information on how to get out of debt faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We offer a guarantee with no upfront fees, so there's no risk. For free information, visit CreditAnswers.com or call 800-970-9159. That's 800-970-9159. So back in the day, back in the old days when Barack Obama was president, there are a lot of figures we talked about. People like Rahm Emanuel, David Axelrod, who had really far left wing views that none of us were comfortable with. They were views that were you know, rejected by big portions of the United States. Remember, Obamacare was in entirely unpopular the entire time has existed since it was proposed until very recently. Uh, it was very unpopular, underwater in almost every way. Well, Rahm Emanuel came out the other day. 
and said, hey, I'm noticing uh, these candidates going really far to the left. And, you know, I don't think they understand what the middle of the country is like. They're going so far left, they're never going to win in these states, you know, because he's obviously in Illinois. But, I mean, the states that surround him are not uh, hardcore left states. Yeah. Wisconsin, Michigan. uh, They lost him last time. This is a guy who dealt with the realities of, you know, governing a country. (laughs) Obviously, I think they did it very poorly, but at least he has awareness. Yeah. So, first Rahm Emanuel comes out and says that yesterday or two days ago. Here's David Axelrod talking about... uh, where this party is going again this is not some conservative critique of the democratic party this is david freaking axelrod listen you said something interesting which was it isn't good enough to argue that the country doesn't want this it does seem if you're running for president that you ought to take into consideration what the country wants (laughs) and the fact is large numbers of people oppose the medicare for all proposal uh, if it replaces private insurance. that right. We've seen it in poll after poll after poll. A large number of people in this country do not believe the border should be decriminalized. Mm. A large number of people in this country don't believe that undocumented immigrants should uh, qualify for, for public... Yeah, and by the way, he's right on all those things. The polls mm-hmm. show about, about 25 to 27% for all three of those policies. So free health care for illegal immigrants, decriminalizing the border, uh, Medicare for all... Uh, with eliminating private insurance, which is the Bernie and Elizabeth Warren plan, you're talking about 26 or 27 percent support by Americans, and I believe all three of those policies are underwater with Democrats. Okay, so think about this: the people who are winning somehow winning right now, with the exception of Biden, he's the only thing in between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders leading this race. They're in the center of the debate last night, and they're talking about policies that are underwater with Democrats. How about John King from CNN talking about how far the party has moved to the left? What Senator Sanders was just describing, what Senator Warren is describing, has not happened in our lifetime. That a Democrat can run in a national election to be for Medicare for all, for free college tuition, maybe for reparations, uh, for giving health care to undocumented immigrants, a host of liberal proposals. Uh, way to the left of the last Democrat who won Barack Obama. Way, 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 way left to Bill Clinton, the Democrat to win before that. Uh, my first campaign was Dukakis. He was not as liberal. I mean, this is remarkable. Yeah. Everyone is admitting this now. This is something we've talked about forever, Pat. You know, Bernie Sanders in 2013 proposing Medicare for all and getting zero co-sponsors on it. Zero. Yeah. Now, I don't think he'd be able to stop people from co-sponsoring it. He'd want the credit for himself, and everyone's jumping on his bandwagon. And, you know, you can watch that debate last night and, I think, pull out a lot of different things. I thought Bernie Sanders, I mean, the man has never had a happy moment in his life. I've never seen anyone who is more angry and awful. There's no, I I cannot imagine a candidate like that winning uh, in the uh, the United States of America. He is just an a- angry curmudgeon. Yes. Uh, and I, I, you know, look, people talk about Trump's anger and he gets pissed off a lot too, but at least occasionally he makes jokes. Sanders mm-hmm. is miserable, a miserable human being. But I will say this, I, and I don't think he did a great job in the debate last night, but how can you not say he's the winner here? He has absolutely mm-hmm. transformed this party from a party that was really super liberal to a party that is outwardly socialist. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the fact that John Delaney, who is a Maryland congressperson, a former Maryland congressperson, looks like a conservative on the stage is really revealing. David Axelrod, Rahm Emanuel, uh, John King there talking to you about how how far this party has moved so quickly. I mean, Bernie Sanders, Mm -hmm. you know, his loss in 2016 and then the subsequent Hillary Clinton loss. Has, t- has told this party they should just be honest about it. It's exactly what Glenn said all those years. You know, to take the mask off. Be honest about it. These policies, They've done that. I cannot believe they're admitting that they want these policies. I mean, Elizabeth Warren last night on stage saying we should decriminalize border crossings. Yeah, and she was asked point blank. Mm-hmm. Are you saying you, you would decriminalize illegal border crossings? Yes. It was just a flat yes. Yes. And she went to babble something else afterwards, but she did say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, wow incredible yeah and I, I i love this as it combines to their gun policies because it's like you say what you want to do is have an assault weapons ban okay you want to take away guns from law-abiding citizens here in the united states but at the same time you want to open up the borders what and we have no think, idea who's coming in right what do you think's gonna happen you know how drugs come across the border yeah. Do you think some guns might also come across that border when you open it up? Is it possible I, uh, a terrorist or two could I, come across the border? It seems like it. Isn't that such a strange combination of policies? No, it's asinine. It is asinine. I don't think they care, though. At this point, I think that they're just resting this whole thing on, well, we think we can beat Trump. And uh, it's got to be a fascinating thing to watch. Did you know, on average, it takes police 45 minutes to respond to a home security alarm? That's almost an hour. But it's not because the police are lazy or anything like that. It's because when a home security system is triggered, most of the time, it's a false alarm. And the call goes to the bottom of the 911 list. But not if you have Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe can visually confirm that a break in is happening and they let the police know. Only with Simply Safe. They protect every door, window, and room. There's no contract, hidden fees, or fine print. And the around the clock monitoring starts at $15 a month simply safe they've got a huge deal going on right now if you just go to simplysafe.com slash glenn and get a free hd security camera when you order that's a hundred dollar value you'll have eyes on your home 24 7 get your free hd security camera now at simplysafe.com slash glenn today that's simplysafe.com slash glenn it's pat and Stu for glenn triple eight seven two seven b-e-c-k uh, so the Democrat debate last night, just uh, really hard to get through. Um, unless, I guess, you're, you're socialist and then you, you loved it. I mean, if you are a refugee from the former Soviet Union because they weren't Marxist <laughs> enough. <laughs> Not a lot of those, <laughs> This by the is way. your group right here. This is your group. Um, it would be a weird choice it would be. to leave a communist nation and, <laughs> and go to a capitalist here. one because you were but upset. What a coincidence. You came yeah. to the right place. Yeah, unless you were a spy. <laughs> I feel like more. <laughs> it's just spies. Uh, yeah. Except for the people now that can come and celebrate the idea that we are basically turning into the Soviet Union. Now, as you mentioned, uh, John Delaney was doing a little bit of uh, trying to bring people back to Earth. And Elizabeth Warren was having none of that. Here's that little battle between the two of them last night. You know, I don't understand why anybody goes to all the trouble of running for president of the United States Mm -hmm. just to talk about what we really can't do and shouldn't fight for. (laughs) Okay. 
She had the audience on her side. Oh, yeah. In Washington is corruption. It is giant corporations that have taken our government and that are holding it by the throat. Oh, and up. we need to have the courage to fight back against that. And until we're ready to do that, it's mm. just more of the same. Well, I'm ready to get in this fight. I'm ready to win this Thank fight. you, Senator Con- I mean, she is uh. grown in a lab to lose to Donald Trump. Yeah. If Donald Trump yes. could like be Dr. Frankenstein and grow and build a candidate from scratch worst to defeat... Possible. Yeah. It's it's her in I in mean, the general election she loses big. This is a an I amazing hope. moment for Democrats. The fact that they would when when they are so obsessed with beating Donald Trump, the fact that they would cons- even consider putting her on stage against Donald Trump is is absolutely remarkable to me. Now she because of many things out of everyone's control. When it gets down to two people against each other, anybody can win. So, I mean, anybody they throw up there has a chance of beating Donald Trump because if the economy, you know, 2008 is a great example of this. Mm -hmm. If the economy collapses in October, the person's going to lose. Uh, You know, you never know when an FBI investigation is going to get launched against one of them three days before the election. Like, there's too much. Once Mm -hmm. it gets down to two people. Who knows? Who knows? And that's why it's dangerous that a socialist, a real hardcore socialist wins here for the Democrats, because you just never know with these things. But if if there's anyone that Donald Trump can defeat easily in this field, it's her. She's terrible. She's terrible. (laughs) And she's designed to lose to him. Yeah. And the fact that they keep elevating her is amazing. And you pointed this out, Pat, uh, when we were off off the air in that, like, that is a good moment in a debate for Elizabeth Warren. But there is. No substance to it. None. Because it, you, all you're saying is we could do we, we can I we can sprout wings and fly. Why, <laughs> why am I not talking about big ideas? When I when I'm president, Americans will sprout wings and fly. Yeah. Why run if we're not gonna have big ideas? Shut up. Right. It's I, just ridiculous. Right. And the fact is, if you look at not only before, but after that line. Mm-hmm. John Delaney smokes her on substance. Yeah. He actually yeah. was... I mean, look, Delaney's been running for president since like 1947. <laughs> uh, he was the first Democrat that announced. He's seriously been running, I think, since 2017. So he he announced before any of the, the known time. candidates. Yeah. He's been all over Iowa. He's been... He, I mean, he's done the legwork. He's funding his own campaign. And yet he's and still at zero. He's at zero. Well, he's at one percent sometimes. 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 He okay. wouldn't be on the stage if he didn't get to one percent at least a couple times. Um... But he was very well prepared. He knew this stuff. He, he, he I mean, he, audience just not on his side. So it looked like he side. got his butt kicked. To the, though I think, I think to the people watching it at home, he did really well. I hope so. Uh, yeah, because but, but that's the that's the that's the wow. problem with debates, right there, right? Like that is a substance-free kind of piece of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the part that people remember. Go back to the first round, Kamala Harris against Joe Biden. Well, she he comes out and she has this big moment about busing. We later on find out that she basically agrees with him on busing, and there's no there's no real separation there's no at issue. all. It's not even a current issue anyone's talking about, right? Um, but that's her winning the debate. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had a busing controversy. Yeah, in this uh, what year is it exactly? <laughs> Uh, you 1973. Know, it's like, 1973, Stu. I, I, let me give you another example of this that wasn't as big last night. But I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on it because this one drives me crazy for some reason. Last night, Pete Buttigieg had a really, I thought, powerful moment towards the end of the debate mm-hmm. in which he, you know, this is a guy who fought, uh, you know, he's a veteran. Mm-hmm. He fought in Afghanistan. Yep. And he said, look, when I was leaving Afghanistan, I thought we were turning the lights out. I thought we were going to be leaving and it was going to be over. And he's like, very soon we will have um, a, a person 
who will die in Afghanistan in combat um, that was not even born on 9-11. Like, that is a, a powerful observation in, wow. le- in real terms. Like, holy crap. Because it's true. been. It's been 18, 18 years. years, right? So someone who was born in 2002 wow. will soon be potentially an 18 years old serving in the military could die in Afghanistan. Really powerful point. Wow. Step back from it for a moment. It's uh-huh. substance free. Yeah, it is. You know what? Would you but, rather have World War II where 10 million emotional. people die in three weeks? Yeah. Like, is that is that better? Is it better? Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand the, I, this idea. No, we'd rather have the war be over. Right. Like, the idea of, of the length of time a war goes on as the, the thing that you judge is something that everybody on every side of every argument makes. Mm-hmm. Both parties say it all the time. These wars go on too long. What would you prefer when it comes to war? The old wars were shorter and a hundred times the amount of people were dying. Yeah. Is that better? No. Because to me, it's not. I would much rather have a war like this that lasts for 18 years and 3,000 people die than have a war where you have literally millions of people dying in a much shorter amount of time. Now, of course, my actual preference is no wars. Right, my actual preference is that no one's dying. Mm-hmm. But the idea that 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 just the start to end time is the way that you should look at these things is just an emotional appeal, right? It's I mean, it is just an appeal. Sure, we can all talk about how it's not uh the best possible outcome because we would like it to be over. And I think he's completely right on that. Um at this point we would love to be out of there, I think. And I think the I think it, probably the person who wants to be out of there more than anybody is the president of the United States, who doesn't like wars really at all. I mean, he has been an outward. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Pacifist isn't the right term because he talks too tough for a pacifist. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy that has agreed with essentially the uh, the the left wing or the libertarian sort of argument on almost all of these wars mm-hmm. since he's been in the public eye. And again, the idea that the Democrats can't figure out a way to praise him for these things is fascinating. It just shows that their only level of dedication is to oppose Donald Trump. And that is really just a way for them to get their own power, right? But I mean, they, they're only, the only thing they wake up every day to, to, with an idea to do is to figure out a way to disagree with Trump publicly to the extent that they will say, you know what's a great place to live in Baltimore, you know, you know what a fantastic place to be is that mm-hmm. place when when rats are crawling over you on a on a stained mattress <laughs> in a drug alley. That's fantastic. And Next Donald to Trump's a dead wrong. body, right? Yeah. As you trip over a corpse <laughs> walking down the street to Camden Yards, what a wonderful and delightful experience that is. They'll go to that level to agree disagree with this guy. But I think, you know, you go to these debates and over and over again, that's what you find, is that the moment that everyone remembers is a substance-free moment mm-hmm. where it's essentially a catchphrase and the audience claps. Well, you know, Delaney came to that, I thought, as a serious person. Is he a conservative? No. Is he a, uh, is he even a liberal? I don't even think, I don't even think that applies. He's to the left of what we used to think liberals were. But at Mm -hmm. least he was prepared. At least he understood what he was talking about. He seemed to have actual real experience and knowledge about healthcare that no one else on stage had. 
And, you know, what At we least- remember is Bernie Sanders yelling, I wrote the damn bill. Oh, shut up, Bernie. Right. I mean, another I, moment. Another that moment. He probably prepared for and they probably planned that out before the debate even happened. Oh, he's awful. Oh, he's terrible. I mean, and it's could terrible. there They're be terrible, a more miserable human being? No. He, I, he ha- I cannot have had a, m- a experience in his life, a moment of where joy. Where he was happy. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> never been like a it. time where he like woke up and said, wow, look at the sun, the sky it's sunny and there's not a cloud out there and this is a great day there's never been a moment like that for bernie sanders in his entire life no I, even when he's singing he sounds miserable as i went walking <laughs> that ribbon of highway oh god i love this i saw above i me saw above me that endless skyway again no no R in the word saw, Bernie. But Are you sure? Doesn't he sound miserable even when he sings? <laughs> As I went walking down that highway. Why are you so mad about Why? Bernie? It's a song. What has happened to you? <laughs> what in your life has happened? I, I think he had like, he, he asked a girl out mm-hmm. in like eighth grade and she berated him and mocked him and did like, I maybe... He did like a carry thing. Like at one point he was standing in front of his high school and someone dropped pig blood out of a bucket onto his head. And <laughs> and, and, and this is his revenge. Been he just comes miserable around. ever since. I mean, yeah. I think at one point he stood up during the debate and he waved his arms around and all the doors closed in the back of the auditorium. <laughs> like what is happening with him? He is constantly furious. Yeah, constantly. And there's no, there's no um, modulation. You know, there's not mm-hmm. a moment where he's like calm and, and introspective. It's just nonstop anger. Which is why I can't understand for the life of me why he's popular with the with millennials. I, I don't yeah. understand it. He's a miserable curmudgeon. Yeah. Why do you like him? What What is it about him? You just want free stuff, I guess. I, I, guess. I guess that's the only appeal. There is that appeal of, I think, the unrelenting uh, ideology that is appealing to you when you're young. And it's, it's honestly appealing to me, too. Uh, I just don't like his ideology. I think a lot of that happened with Rand Paul, uh, Ron Paul. When Ron Paul was running, there was the same true. sort of energy. And That's he, true. You know, Ron was not nearly as angry as Bernie is. But, but he wasn't a happy guy. Right. And he, but he was unrelenting, right. right? He'd be the guy on stage. You know, the libertarian philosophy is basically we don't go to war. He's the guy on stage next to Rudy Giuliani uh, sticking to it. Being like, yeah, no, we shouldn't have done anything about 9-11. We should have just ignored it. <laughs> I mean, I'm totally exaggerating there for all mm-hmm. the Ron Paul fans out there who will now email me. But you know what I'm saying? That, that exchange yeah. was like, it's t- it's a tough thing in a Republican debate to stand up and say, yeah, the whole 9-11 response was, was not good. And he stuck by it. And I think, pe- I like that. I, I know I liked it when Cruz was running. Mm-hmm. And he would stand up to, in Iowa, and say, you know what? You know, the whole ethanol thing? No. Like, I, th- I like mm-hmm. that. And I think most... I think if you're an ideological person or a, at some level, a um, when you're young, you have that sort of aspirational thing going on where you like the fact that your people aren't apologizing. They're unrelenting in, in what they believe. And I think Bernie has that going on for him. I think Elizabeth Warren has that going on for her at some level. And it's why some of the energy to the, of the party is there. But I mean, mm-hmm. you have to look at this if you are a Democrat, and I'm glad they don't look at it this way, as can you actually win this election? And you throw out a Bernie Sanders, how on earth can you expect to win? An Elizabeth Warren, how on earth can you expect to win with these candidates? Mm-hmm. And I guess that's why Joe Biden is still winning. 
You know, I mean, Kamala Harris, I think, will try to walk the middle ground. Maybe Buttigieg is trying to do that. But, I mean, these candidates are not good. You can't, it's hard to imagine a person who is a, a de- an old school Democrat. You saw Tim Ryan on the stage last night. I mean, he's hard to notice, but he was there. And he's from Ohio. And he sounded like a Democrat. He sounded like, what's the guy you always bring up when we talk about presidential candidates that he's going to run at any time? <laughs> Richard Gephardt. Richard Gephardt. He yeah. sounded like Richard Gephardt. <laughs> right? He did. He, yeah, sounded he, like, did. he sounded like, he did. you remember when Democrats used to be awful 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. He sounded more like that awful Democrat than the awful Democrat of today. Mm-hmm. And those people exist in places like Ohio and Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. They're the reason why Donald Trump is president. Because they voted for Obama and then Trump. Mm-hmm. And those people are going to look at w- Elizabeth Warren like she's as insane as she is. And I just, I mean, if, if you're trying to win this election, I don't know how you go down that road if you're a Democrat. 888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Pat and Stu for Glenn. The Glenn Beck Program. There were some good moments last night. Like the time when uh, Marianne Williamson uh, showed that she suffers from inadvertent yodeling syndrome. I'm normally way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth. I'm normally way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth. I'm normally way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth. <laughs> she has IYS? <laughs> yeah, she has IYS. Oh my gosh. IYS. Inadvertent yodeling s- syndrome. Can we hear Sad. that again? That's that's in action right there. Yeah. I'm normally way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth. <laughs> I'm normally way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth on this one. <laughs> it's weird. There's something about her, and I can't, I was trying to place this last night. There is like some Saturday Night Live character that I feel like she's based on. And I know that's mm-hmm. it's usually the reverse. <laughs> like, well, they will take Saturday Night Live bases characters on real people. I feel like she was based on an SNL character, and I can't place what it is. There's something about her voice. Like, I don't know if it's like, uh, is it Maya Rudolph? One of, is that who I'm thinking of from Saturday Night Live? It's, it's one of, maybe one of her characters. I don't know what it is, but there is something uh-huh. about her that is just off. It doesn't feel real. Though I thought she did very well last night. She did, I think, everything she had to do last night. She was night. the most Googled afterwards, I guess. By far. Yeah. I mean, she was last time, too. But part of that is just like, oh, my God, this lady's hilarious. But uh, And she's nuts. And she's nuts. But I think uh, last mm-hmm. night, I think she actually broke through to the point of... She actually she beat some of those... I think she had one of the best performances mm-hmm. for what she needed to do. I would not be surprised at all if she makes the next round of debates after that. You know, uh, yeah. I can't remember what publication was saying it, but they were saying that like when Marianne Williamson goes to these TV stations, everyone's like kind of all the anchors and stuff are kind of mocking her and laughing at her. They said like the makeup people though are crying when they meet her; they love her. Oh, really? And it's like it's a different thing; it's a different yeah, approach. The Oprah fan. It's the Oprah fan, right? And she can yodel. I'm normally, way over there with Bernie. Normally, way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth on this one. <laughs> I'm Hillary. That's your four-minute buzz. And now here's Pat and Stu with more. Thanks, Hillary. Our uh, sponsor this half hour is Home Title Lock. Uh, we've been dealing with uh, Home Title Lock for a long time, and the reason for that is we actually care about our equity in our homes. We don't want to lose it. We have showed up to work, freaking working with Glenn every day to, to put away a little bit of money and pay off your mortgage, and then someone's going to just steal your money? No, I don't want that happening to me. Uh, now, look, if scammers take your home, if they are able to take your equity... This happens to thousands and thousands of people every year, unfortunately. And when there's a big data breach, this information gets out there. They can transfer their uh, the title into their name, and they can borrow money online, clean you out. 
And if you don't want that to happen, you need Home Title Lock because no bank or insurance or identity theft program can protect you from this. Uh, go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. HomeTitleLock.com. Make sure that you get the virtual uh, protection around your home's title. They have 60 risk-free days of protection going on right now. And make sure you're not already a victim and protect yourself going forward. It's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. We have more on the debates coming up here in just a moment. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. With Pat and Stu this week, a great Democrat debate. Last night, we're going through some of the uh, some of the things that were said, some of the promises made. Uh, they're making so many promises, it's kind of hard uh, to keep up. The uh, socialist policies are really prevalent, and the media is trying to present this as if it was as if it was Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, the two essential socialists, essentially. I mean, Bernie obviously admitted Elizabeth Warren just basically a socialist. She doesn't admit that, but she's got socialist policies. But it was them against the moderates. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. These are not moderates. That is their Overton window way of defining last night. Yeah. Which is now the moderates are the ones with a $5 trillion and $4 trillion uh, global warming plans, and then you go left from there. The right-wing mm-hmm. position, of course, is the multiple trillions of dollars to spend on every single project. I mean, Delaney, mm-hmm. uh, you know, John Delaney last night, he's a guy, again, a congressman, 1%, maybe 2% in some polls. This is an absolute dream for him last night. They basically treated as if there were two candidates, and it was Elizabeth Warren slash Bernie Sanders as one candidate and John Delaney as the second candidate. And they were both tied at 22%, and this was the final debate. That's how that thing was treated last night. I mean, yeah. That's a miracle for Delaney. And he handled it well. I mean, think about this, Pat. If tonight we turn on that debate, and we unfortunately have to watch it again, if Joe Biden turned in the performance of John Delaney last night, this is over. Mm, this Probably. It, this primary probably, yeah. is over. Yeah. That's, I mean, because he... Biden... If he could understand these issues and have a grasp on them and perform as well as John, uh, uh, what's his face, Delaney did last night, lights are out. What did you think of Buttigieg uh, in his performance last night? So I don't think he sh- he did anything impressive. I don't think he he stood out. I think he has a a massive problem that he is not recognizing and somebody on his staff is telling him it is a good idea dude and he's gotta (laughs) stop it or dude he has no chance of being president of the united states which i don't think is necessarily a bad thing i don't want to be president actually Uh, but 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 this is him talking about standing up for the right policy here's what he said cut six pete buddha judge if it's true that if we embrace a far left agenda they're going to say we're a bunch of crazy socialists. If we embrace a conservative agenda, Which you know you what we're, they're going to do? They're going to say we're a bunch of crazy socialists. So let's just stand up for the right policy, go out there and defend it. That's the policy I'm putting forward. Not because I think it's the right triangulation between Republicans here and Democrats here, because I think it's the right answer. People like my mother-in-law, who is here, whose life was saved by the ACA, but who is still far too vulnerable to the fact that the insurance industry Thank you, does not care about Senator. Now, that's a good, like, I think uh, an untrue point, mm-hmm. but a good one for a Democratic debate, right? To say that basically they're going to call us socialists no matter what we say. We might as well just come out. 
and go for the things that we want. And of course, that should right. always be true, right? That shouldn't be something you need to clap for. You should always be promoting the policies you think are best. But, you know, in debates, this is this is the way you work it, I guess. Here he is invoking scripture. Cut 15, uh, Buddha judge invoking scripture because we're oppressing the poor. Some of this is low tech, too. Like the minimum wage is just too low. And so-called conservative Christian senators mm. right now in the Senate are blocking a bill to raise the minimum mm. wage when scripture says that whoever oppresses the poor taunts their maker. Oh, my. Mayor, thank you very much. I yeah, mean, see, that's what you sh- You can't be doing that. He's got to stop You can't play it both ways. Seriously. Is that what you really want to do is invoke scripture? Because they're, you know. It's I incredible. Mean, if that he if you want to play that game, people can play that game. All of a sudden, right? I mean, it's fair game. If you're going to start casting aspersions at Christians in the Republican Party, can they not cast aspersions back at you? I, they could. Uh, I don't know if they will, but you really should stop using scripture for your points. It comes off it's terrible. horribly. It's I mean, I don't terrible. know who he's trying to please with it. I think I, I think it's the media because the media looks at Christianity as a political tool to hurt your opponent. Yeah. Right? Like yes, they, so they, they think, okay, well, look, this is a great point by Buttigieg because he's using their rhetoric against them. Right. You know, they say they're so Christian. Well, they don't want this government policy for minimum wage. <laughs> right. And we can squeak and nail them with their Christianity. That is not how Christians look at Christianity. I don't know if no. you know this. Uh, this is a majority Christian country. This is a country that if you get into the general election and want to win any of the states that are anywhere near mm-hmm. the Midwest, where you are supposedly from and, and you represent those values, if you want to do that, trying to weaponize Christianity against really uh, the moderates who might actually put you in the White, White House is not a good idea. Really not I good. know that feels good in that room. I know afterwards when, you know, John King is interviewing on CNN. You, feel like <laughs> you, you got this, nailed him. Yo, you got this great point. Yeah. That is not going to win you any elections. No, it's not. Now, look, I, it's also completely wrong. And it it's is. a fourth grade argument. There's not one tenant of Christianity no. where the government is called on to do anything no. for the poor or anybody else. <laughs> what they don't Jesus want you... Jesus never yeah. said, hey, Rome needs to take care of people. I'm, I'm tired of uh, the Romans not taking care of people. Right. They, the last, what they don't want you to do is what everyone on that stage did last night, which is worship government. Yeah. And they had another idea about who you should worship. Uh, it was, uh, it, it's not government. It's not Pete Buttigieg. And the fact that Pete Buttigieg is going to be this preacher who's going to come at <laughs> us and tell us how uh-huh. to be Christians is utterly, uh, let's put it this way, utterly a, a very poor very a very poor, poor plan, yeah. Politically, at the very least, especially when it's, he's tried to have it both ways, because he's also calling out Mike Pence for taking yeah. the Bible literally, yeah, against him, yeah. And I, that's, a, that's a great point. And I will say that it's, it's very possible what he's trying to do is goad right wing, you know, yeah, he the, might the, be the, the wings, the you know, the far right and the right wing to come out and start saying bad things about him personally, yeah, and trying to goad him into being a victim. He's trying to make himself a victim, essentially inviting these attacks. Mm-hmm. But again, it, it, I don't know that any, I don't know that he can understand how insulting it is to hear uh, to hear that from him, especially when it's such a basic argument. The guy's mm-hmm. a smart guy. And the fact that you come to with a fourth yeah. grade argument about Christianity, the idea that Lunacy. any Christian understands that is, is a BS argument. I almost said the whole word there. Uh, so <laughs> not very Christian of me. Uh, <laughs> that is just not the right move for him. 888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program.
This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is an advertisement paid on attorney spokesperson Ricky LeBlanc admitted in Massachusetts only. Sokolov Law LLC, Chestnut Hill, Mass. Paul J. Morgan, Winter Park, Florida. Greg Hobby, New Jersey. Michael Bro Gonzalez admitted Louisiana. While this firm maintains joint responsibility, most cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. Mesothelioma. If you know what mesothelioma is, you or someone you love has likely been affected by this devastating cancer. You may be entitled to compensation. Call Sokolov Law today. 1-800-513-1816. The only known cause of mesothelioma is asbestos exposure. Thousands of U.S. veterans and trade workers are at risk for the disease. Nearly $30 billion in court-ordered trust has been set aside to pay money to asbestos victims. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, call now. You may be able to receive compensation without ever going to court or filing a lawsuit. Call for a free legal consultation at 1-800-513-1816. That's 1-800-513-1816. 1-800-513-1816. beck with your thoughts on the uh, debate last night. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, well, my head exploded multiple times. Oh my gosh, it's tough to watch, man. This oh, is I, this is the... I actually turned it off multiple times and I had and then, you know, then I guilted myself into going going back to it cuz I just couldn't take it. Oh, it's rough. It's hard. At one point Donald Trump uh joked about how avoiding uh venereal disease was his Vietnam. Uh, <laughs> that's our <laughs> oh, Vietnam, okay? Yeah. Last night was our Vietnam as as yeah. as political talk show hosts. Shoot. Dealing with <laughs> With diseases like yeah. uh, like we had to watch when it comes to the spread of progressivism, uh, that was uh, that was tough to watch. It's tough really to tough. take. I was interested to see Elizabeth Warren on the border. She's basically for or- open borders at this point, big time, uh, and she admits it. Yeah, she's going to decriminalize uh, the border. She had this really good moment about the uh, the border situation last night, Elizabeth Warren. We must be a country that every day lives our values. And that means we cannot make it a crime when someone comes here. Thank you, Senator. Just to clarify, would you decriminalize illegal border crossings? The point is not about criminalization. Hmm. Yeah, just a flat yes. Flat yes. And good job on Dana Bash, by the way, of following up because she avoided the question the first time. Right. Uh, But I'm glad they followed up. But they, they always go to that, we've got to live our values. Since when was our value to let anybody come across the border that wants to, that we don't know what they're doing, we don't know why they're here, we don't have any documentation on them, yeah. we don't know if they mean harm to us and our families. We, well, that's not an American value. That's, that's insanity. Similar to That's what, national suicide. Similar to what Buttigieg was doing, though, right? Like, it's this idea that, we're, yes. well, we're nice. Right. We're not, our values are that we're nice, so when people mm-hmm. who so want to come do in, anything. we just let them do what the things that they want to do. Yeah. Well, that's not our, our values are rule of law, too. Mm-hmm. We are nice. We've taken in more immigrants. But we and, have some laws uh, and some rules. Yeah, right. But, but more than anybody ever, right? Like, I mean, we oh, are a million a, nation, a year. Yeah. That's far more than any other country on earth. And again, Legally, we allow a million a year yes. to, to immigrate to our country. And again, this goes back a very long time. Uh, mm. It's just, it's fascinating. It's particularly fascinating coming from Elizabeth Warren who has to realize that if she looks back in history, what are the results of open borders? If, if, she, if it wasn't for open borders, 
it would be her ancestors, her Native American ancestors, holding that debate last night, not us. <laughs> and, you know, there's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'd be able to, it could be her and the mm-hmm. Cherokee tribe up on that stage <laughs> running whatever country that would be named, uh, and not us. Open borders are not a good idea. And no. the idea that you can say, well, look, number one, we're going to decriminalize the border. By the way, about 26% support for that puppy. Number two, we're going to give free health care to every illegal immigrant. About 27% of support among Americans for that uh, particular policy. You just, just those two in combination bankrupts a nation. Easily. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're Easy. inviting people to come in and mm-hmm. you say, well, if you get across the border, we're just going to say, eh. But by the way, here's your free health care card. That's a lot of cash you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And whether you're nice or not, you know, it's it's not really the point. You know, we talk about this all the time. People say, well, uh, you know, the rates of murder and, and crime among citizens are higher than they are among illegal immigrants. First of all, they usually don't use the word illegal there. They usually say just immigrants. And the reason they say just immigrants is because they want to include people who are some of the best people among us, right? People who Mm -hmm. came here the right way, who actually navigated the nonsense uh, that it takes to actually come here legally. It's hard to do. It's bureaucracy. It's it's a typical government program. It sucks. So people who go through all of that and, and work here for a long period of time and do everything the right way, well, no one has a problem with those people. The people we're talking about are people that don't do it the right way. And, you know... But let's just say it's true, right? Like illegal Mm -hmm. immigrants come here and never commit a crime. Maybe one a year, right? There's one a year. (laughs) Why would you import that one crime per year? Why are you importing crime? We have no choice but to deal Mm -hmm. with the annoying citizens we live with. You know what? A lot of them suck. I, you know, I deal with them all the time. You go, it's not, illegal immigrants are not the only problem we have. A lot of our citizens are awful. Okay, mm-hmm. you walk in, you walk into a restaurant, you got to deal with, with with somebody behind the counter that you know spits in your food. Uh, you, you got the person who cuts you off on the highway. You you, you try to get something done, and get, the people don't show up. This stuff happens all the time. I'm absolutely one of the annoying people to about half the country, right? We, are, but we have no choice on that. We have a choice whether we import people uh, who are going to take as their first action in this nation. Uh, uh, to ignore our law right like we have a choice if you think about it like where you have your you have a family you're stuck with your family your family you might have jerks in your family you have to deal with but you're stuck with them you don't you're you're not stuck with your with your friends you know you can choose your friends you can't choose your family and that is the situation here you know, we, we should be able to choose our friends. We want people to come in. We want to be friendly. We are nice. That is a principle. Blah, blah, blah. But the bottom line is we still have to have a rule of law. We still should have the opportunity to choose who comes in and who stays out. That should not be too much to ask. We, it, it, you do not. this with your home. It's, you would do this at your job. You do this everywhere you go. You make decisions like this. And they act as if it's some hateful thing. It's not. We just have laws. More coming up in one minute. Mortgage rates are so low right now, it is truly the right time to review your financial goals and set the course for your family's future. My choice is American Financing. They're a family-owned national mortgage banker with a salary-based mortgage consultant, so they're in it for you. If it's your goal to purchase a new home, maybe you could use a little more space or you're downsizing, they can help. If you're looking to consolidate debt into one low payment or just reduce your interest rate to pay less over the life of your loan, American 
American financing can save you thousands of dollars. And if you're in a variable rate loan, I urge you, get into a fixed rate. American financing, the only lender I endorse, the people I trust. No commission, no upfront fees, and no pressure. They'll cover you coast to coast in 10 minutes. 800-906-2440. That's 800-906-2440. Or online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, NMLS, For Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, of course, last night, Amy Klobuchar had to uh, politicize, continue to politicize uh, the Baltimore situation. Uh, cut 12. Here's what uh, Amy Klobuchar said about Baltimore. President. There are people that voted for Donald Trump before that aren't racist. They just wanted a better shake in the economy. And so I would appeal to them. But I don't think anyone can justify what this president is doing. Little kids literally woke up this weekend, turned on the TV, and saw their president calling their city, the town of Baltimore, Mm -hmm. nothing more than a home for rats. And I can tell you, as your president, Mm -hmm. that will stop. It'll it'll stop. The rats will stop. Yeah. Yes. She's gonna. She's going to. I think she's doing a uh, St. Patrick thing, where she's leading the rats out of Baltimore with a, a flute. Or a, yeah. Well, like she, a t- she did talk about that a little uh-huh. bit. I think you, you said you tuned out for a couple of moments. <laughs> I did, There yeah. was a moment where she said, and if they don't follow me, I will squeeze them to death one by one with my hands. Wow. Which I thought was an aggressive policy. That is. Uh, I supported her on that. Uh, the mass murder of If she of rats. would do that, I would vote for her. <laughs> I would vote for her. I <laughs> Just like see water balloons. Two, one in each hand. Oh, man. <laughs> all, over, all over Baltimore. Uh, by the way, Donald Trump did not say it was only a home for rats. No, he he did did not not. say that. That's not something he said. Did not say. Um, You know, there are a lot of rats that live there. Yes. Uh, The outnumber citizens, Mm -hmm. about 10 to 1. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But that was, you know, like you can criticize Donald Trump if you want. Can you at least say what he said? Can you at least attempt it? Right. Can you attempt it? That would be nice. Uh, By the way, one of the local local Baltimore stations went out to um, uh, talk about the, the, what the president said, his, his awful statements about baltimore and there being rats there and Mm. uh, of course we know that baltimore is not just a rat town um but they were telling they they were kind of challenging the president to come to baltimore visit baltimore see what baltimore is really like and here's what happened as they're doing their report now, we spoke with uh, many people today who say the president should consider coming here to Baltimore there's, to the, the sand town area and, and taking a, rat a look running at a things cr- for himself. In the middle of the shot. In the middle of the shot, a rat runs oh across the shot as they're talking about how Baltimore is so much more than rats. And yes, it is. But uh, what the president was saying was that there's a rat infestation and there's nothing that demonstrates that better than they can't even during, <laughs> they can't find a 30 second camera shot without a rat running through it that's that is an unreal. infestation that's an infestation i think that's the very Ugh. definition of an infestation isn't I, it oh man too i mean that's i know awesome. i know this is years ago for you in baltimore but i can go back you know a little bit closer to when we were in new york and you know i don't know if there's a rat infestation there were times though you'd go into the subway and there'd be big signs that said yeah what is it rodenticide 
It would and it would be a big picture of rats with a with mm-hmm. a with a circle around it and the, and the the red slash through it. And it would be like, hey, we're in the middle of killing millions of rats down here. Just so you're aware, you're in a tunnel with a bunch of rat killer. Yeah. Um. But I mean, there were times I remember sitting on the subway and there would be these when the subway would come down, it would come to the stop and it would open up the doors, of course. And most of the time it's open for about 30 seconds. People get on, they get off and they close up and you go on to the next stop. But, you know, the subway state, you know, is run by the government uh, and it runs terribly. So a lot of times you just go to the stop. It would open up the doors and they would just stay open and you'd sit there for several minutes waiting for the stupid thing to close and move on. And I remember looking out as you did very often out the subway doors onto the subway platform to see a giant pile of garbage because they just leave giant bags of garbage all over the place. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point I remember looking out and, and you kind of just get into these spaced out modes and the bag starts moving, you know, and bags aren't supposed to move. Like they're, they're supposed to be garbage uh-huh. paper, nothing alive inside this particular situation. There were a lot of things alive inside. They were rats. And the rats were crawling around inside the garbage bags, but not sealed inside. So they climbed out and started walking towards the subway car. Now you've got like a, an army of rats approaching the car you're sitting in. Jeez. What do you do in that situation? Hope the door closes. Hope really the fast. door closes, which is what I did. Yeah. And luckily it did are, close. Are you saying New York is nothing more than rats? <laughs> is that what you're saying? Apparently why so. Why are you saying that? Why do you hate New York? Because there's white people that live there. That's why. <laughs> Oh, okay. okay. Well, then that's, that's fine. okay. Okay, good. That's good. fine. Yeah, there's not a problem. <laughs> Seriously, there is not a problem with that. It really uh, isn't. There's no problem. With I that. mean, you, you, <laughs> you can true. say whatever you want about white people. Use whatever epitaph you want against white people, and that's still fine. Crackers, honkies, even things that are blatantly racist. Like we, we talked about this with one of the squad members <laughs> that said we need we don't need any more brown faces that aren't brown voices yeah can you imagine yeah. saying uh, we don't need any white fa- faces that aren't white voices you'd just be done you're, your career's you'd over you'd be done career's over immediately yep uh, these, they, 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 you know the, the squad progressives the left can say anything they want and they do and they do no no, no consequences 888-727-BECK it's patents too for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program Pat and Stu for Glenn this week. Uh, fortunately, we're looking for some justice, uh, for, for some equity, for some equality, mm. uh, for women's sports, and uh, especially soccer, where the women's soccer team just won the world championship. And so, um, you know, they're just not paid accordingly. Uh, they should make more than the men. Which, by the way, they do. Whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, yes. No, that's not true. They're no. suing right now. Uh, I know, saying that they don't make as much as the men. Now, that's look, true, some but they people were will say paid more than the men. Well, it's it's equal pay for equal work is all they're requesting. These are <laughs> very simple requests. Yeah, they are equal work. Like, for example, they should play the same teams that the men's team plays <laughs> and see how it works out. <laughs> yeah, this is that inf- wouldn't work out very well. It is it's just this one infuriates me. Me too, because it's such a fake argument. And I, I have to believe that everybody in the media knows it. Like, what do you yeah. have to ignore to make this into a real argument? Because I want to get into the facts of this in a second. Well, you have to ignore all revenue. All revenue. So, again, yeah. like, that's a huge part of this, right? How much money is coming in really dictates how much, when you're how much talking pay about, comes out. Yes. Like, if this, if this company made zero dollars... Um, would we be paid what we're being paid now? No, no, right. We'd be paid zero dollars, zero dollars, right? If, if we, if, uh, if you worked for a company that brought in, 
you know, your show brought in a hundred million dollars, and my show, a separate show, brought in one million dollars. Should we get the? We're doing this. We're both working on a show. <laughs> it's like it's, and they're both three hours long, right? Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Asinine arguments that anyone right. would understand is are ridiculous. However, you know, there is a little bit of a uh, uh, an effort, I think, by the media to just they just want you to feel. They want to turn on your feels. Well, and it worked on us. Even I think we both talked about in the past when this discussion first began, and we didn't know much about it. Mm-hmm. And they kept saying, "Well, women are paid, you know, seventy eight cents on the dollar to every man." Yeah. When I first well, heard that, I thought, it's well, so that's prevalent, really bad, and so. it's so prevalent and so unquestioned that you know this is you know years and years ago now. But when I mm-hmm. first heard that, when I was like in high school, mm-hmm. you'd look at this, you'd be like, "Oh, wow, that's bad." Oh, that's and then we got to fix that. Fix. That's not yes. right. And, yes. and, and the only picture it creates is, of course, some executive who, because this is how all white executives are, they just love men more than women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like yeah, I, right. I, I love that because you know, women never get any preferential well, treatment. These little fillies should be able to work for free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what should happen around here. <laughs> That's what you picture, though. And by the way, yeah. give me a beer. Right. <laughs> you picture this sexist guy <laughs> yeah. who's favoring the man. Now, and he has I don't to know have how... a southern accent. Yes, of course. He has to. Now, oddly, someone like Kamala Harris talks about this when her career was built by having sex with her boss. That's interesting and something it that does not get brought up and you're not quite enough. To, you're not supposed to bring that up. Well, that was you know, really insensitive and hateful of it's you. It's interesting because it's one of those times that the Me Too thing seemed to benefit her in yeah. quite a large way as uh, evidenced not only by uh, the obvious uh, optics of the system. She hooked up with the mayor of, of the city, Which but also he, well, he freely admitted it. admits. He freely admits it. Because he's proud of it. Yes. <laughs> he loves the fact that he hooked up with Kamala Harris. And that, that does add a, a bit of nuance to the Me Too debate. What do you do when it helps someone? Yeah. Because I, it, that is essentially what happened with Kamala Harris. You can talk about, now, look, she was a willing participant. So that is a that's different than yeah. the Me Too um, vibe as far as it goes to like a Harvey Weinstein situation. However, there are many cases involved in the Me Too movement in which women are willing participants, but we later find out that it was the guy's fault because the guy had power over her or the guy was too famous. Louis C.K., too famous for these other comedians to be able to resist. And the, how many even t- though they agreed at the time. Dozens of times. Yeah. Dozens of times. It's insane. We had a comedian in here a couple weeks ago um, who had a situation just like this. He was a guy who was um, uh, he was a very hard left winger, was doing a left wing podcast, was a comedian doing a left wing podcast, talking about social justice all the time. Hmm. And he uh, would have uh, occasionally he would uh, be out on the road and maybe uh, uh, a listener of the show or a, a fan of his comedy would make his way into uh, the whatever high quality hotel room he had that night and they would have a little evening, right? And this is not something that's uncommon with entertainers, right? You're a comedian, mm-hmm. you're on the road, this probably happens all the time. Well, uh, when you when your fans are 100% social justice warrior crazy people, you're going to get a few of them that accuse you of all sorts of things in retrospect. They, he had too much power over me. He knew I was a fan. He knew how much I loved his oh, show, and he still goodness. did this. And they ruined well, his life. You need to put every rocker from the 70s in oh prison God. then, because uh, they all spent a little time with groupies. Yes. All of them. And they had that power, right? Now, now, there's some of those rock stars that should be in prison, but that's well, a, 
Jimmy Page, <laughs> Page for instance, <laughs> who kidnapped be. a fourteen-year-old girl and held her for five years. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, you know, they're doing okay. You should look. <laughs> it's an icky part of our society, but you absolutely Jeez. should have the right to hook up with the 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 rock star that you like. Yeah, like that is part, yes. and and the rock star should be able to hook up with you if, if you're consenting if, if you're adults. Consenting adults. It's now, if you're icky. 14, that's a different issue. Exactly. Oh, yes. and only because it was 1970 did he ever get away with that because he should have been in jail. Oh my gosh, should have been I in jail. Mean, at least the way I've heard that story reported. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That was a an egregious case. <laughs> so I, I think this is fascinating though because this, as you get into the pay debate part of this, the pay debate thing when you really drill down in the details what you find out is there really isn't a pay gap there isn't a pay gap when you eliminate things like experience level and uh the type of job because i mean the way they actually calculate length of employment length of employment the way they calculate pay gap legitimately and it sounds ridiculous but legitimately what they do is take all the people who are working and just divide it by the amount of uh, the salary divided by the amount of people you can't so, do it that way right like if you were Women to say have different priorities i know that we're supposed to be exactly the same mm-hmm. but here's a surprise we're not yeah i know we're and, not. and we all do different things like for yeah. example if you were to do the pay gap in this room where we're sitting right now you'd have pat and i who identify as men, mm-hmm. and Marissa, our producer, who identifies, I believe, as a female, correct? Okay. I'm glad you didn't now, assume. Thank you for I asking. I know. I wanted to make sure I, I was sensitive, yeah. uh, just in case. Yeah. She was out a couple Although days. Although you did not ask me <laughs> if I <laughs> identify as a man. Fortunately, <laughs> you, you got it right. I did get it right. Lucky. Today, I, was, okay. I identify as a man. Now, uh, we have been uh, working in this industry much longer than Marissa, who is, who is younger mm-hmm. than us. Uh, we have a different. Uh, we have different jobs. Right, we mm-hmm. we're, we are hosting the show. She's producing the show. Like, th- there's a lot of different variables here. Mm-hmm. How you would figure out the pay gap is to take our average salary, Pat and I, and compare it to Marissa's. That's how you would figure out the pay gap in this room. Right now, the pay gap. Sorry to report this to Marissa. It would be significant. Uh, however, shocked. look at her. She, she is shocked. That. She, she, she didn't thought know equal that. work for equal pay. Why? Why am I making less? But I mean, you know, like that's what happens, right? Like this yeah. is what you do. It, yeah. The same thing happens when I came. If when I come in here on the days when I'm identifying as a female, which is usually Tuesdays and Fridays, mm-hmm. Glenn is in here and he's identifying as a male. Usually on mm-hmm. Tuesdays, at least we're usually both female on Fridays. Mm-hmm. But when we're opposite <laughs> jo- uh, genders, he's making a hell of a lot more money than me and there is a big pay gap there we're both uh-huh. on the same show we're yeah. both talking about the same topics we're right. both doing all the same things yet he's making more why well he's been doing it for longer his name's on the show he's the big host blah 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 that's what happens and so that is a ridiculous statistic in and of itself however at least if you were to do the math i assume it comes out that way mm-hmm. this is not the case with the soccer team thing the soccer team has been out on, on mainstream media getting lauded praise on them because they don't make as much money as the guys. And they're suing and they're U.S. Suing soccer right US now. U.S. soccer. Well, that was probably a mistake because now U.S. soccer is able to actually release the numbers as to what kind of pay is going on here with these teams. And it is fascinating yeah. because it's not an issue about, well, the men make more revenue. That's why they make more money. No. It's not, well, the men play more difficult competition. That's why they make more money. No. It's not the men play on a longer schedule. That's why they make more money. No. It is the men make less money. Period. Period. That is the actual truth of the matter. The women actually make more money right now. Mm -hmm. Right now. 
than the men. Listen to these statistics. It's crazy. From 2010 to 2018, U.S. soccer pay the U.S. women's mm-hmm. soccer team a combined $34.1 million in salary and game bonuses, while the men got $26.4 million. The women made more than almost $8 million more over a decade. $8 million over a decade. Well, they brought in more revenue, right? Because mm, they're more no, successful no, than well, the men. We should also point out the women get more benefits, fully paid health care, dental, vision, My gosh. severance. The men don't get that? 401k retirement, paid maternity leave, guaranteed injury protection and assistance for child care men do not have that why because their collectively bargained agreement doesn't include it now that whose fault is that is that pay inequity for men no they should have negotiated the contract better they should have done a better job yeah but women have all those things um from 2009 to 2019 the gross revenue for women uh was 101.3 million dollars for an average of $425,000 per game. The men's national team had a gross revenue of $185.7 million, so more, $80 million more revenue, over less games, 191 games, for $972,000 in revenue per game. So About double. They got double the revenue mm-hmm. and were paid $8 million less over the time frame. That is crazy. Over an 11-year period, the women's wow. national team generated a... Now, again, like you're saying, okay, this is where I about lost my mind. Okay. The men are making more revenue and the women have, are making more money and getting more benefits. How could this be even, how could it possibly be worse? How could the facts possibly be more inaccurate than what you've heard in the mainstream media with all these, you're leading me to believe that it might be getting worse. All these interviews where you saw these women on TV just Fighting for women's rights. Why are we being crushed by the man? Cry, cry, cry. Over an 11-year period, the women's national team games generated a net loss of $27.5 million. Oh, my gosh. They lost $27 million. Wow. This is a money-losing operation. The they, men, do, do we know the men's uh, net re- revenue? I let's see that in here. Uh, oh, I wonder if they lost money, too. You know, both teams might lose money. It is America, and we don't like soccer. It's just, it's a communist sport. It's awful. Right. And, and the best solution <laughs> here is not to pay them equal. It's to pay them nothing because we delete the right. sport. Just That's, forget it. Just forget the sport. Now, you might say, well, I can kind of understand because the women's team, you know, in their respective sport, in the women's uh world cup they're more successful than the men in the men's world cup they are better at beating worse competition yes uh, although if they the beat men the competition the they play right but the men aren't at, i mean the men are ranked like 30th in the world good i hope it goes the, down the women's team is number I, I, 1 i hope they're ranked last in the world so we can forget about this <laughs> awful sport but that's a whole other story but we're not going to cuz they're no. trying to jam it down our throats oh, like yeah. a metric system or something mm-hmm. no i'm sorry no. No. I don't like soccer, and none of us understand the metric system. There's no way to tell. There's no way to tell. Well, Lincoln Chafee. Well, yes. Lincoln Chafee understood it. Had we just jumped on that bandwagon, <laughs> we would have been okay. By now, we would have had the metric system if yes, we just elected Chafee. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's it's uh, they. <clears throat> this is a situation in which uh, it's not it's it's not close. This is a situation where the basic mm-hmm. facts of the argument have not been communicated to the people. No, it's really amazing. Really amazing. And the lawsuit is progressing still, right? Yeah, they're still suing. They're still going forward with it. 
Well, for 10 years, you've made more money. Oh, this is such a good excuse. Just turn the thing off. Yeah, turn really Just is. delete the team. Yeah. Delete the team. <laughs> there is no more U.S. women's national team. That's how you solve this problem. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Pat and Stu for Glenn this week. 888-727-BECK. We've been talking about the Women's uh, Soccer League. They're, they are suing uh, U.S. soccer for more money, when in fact they already make more money than the men do, which is amazing. Amazing. Uh, the one thing we didn't mention about some of the stats is that a couple of years ago, in 2017, the U.S. women's team came here to Dallas, and uh, they were practicing for an upcoming match, and they played the FC Dallas male team. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, well, it was the FC Dallas 14-year-old team. The what? The 13- and 14-year-old team. Uh, and they lost uh, to the FC Dallas 13- and 14-year-old team 5-2. Uh, to two. And 5-2 five five to two to two. is like a 1,000 to nothing in <laughs> yes. basketball. Yes, it, yes, it is. It's a beating. It is a beating. It's, it's, a, it's a beating. And, and uh, you know, it's a little not, embarrassing. A, not a surprise. Did they have an excuse for like, oh, we weren't really trying well, hard? Well, it was a scrimmage, and, and we were working on some stuff. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, well, you can work on stuff in a game like that. However, when you get down 4-2, you stop working on stuff. And you, you try and you to win because you don't want to lose to a 14-year-old boy team. Yeah. And they did. And they did. And like, this is not, you know, this is what happens, right? Yep. I mean, it's not, I mean, you know, Diana Taurasi, I always think is the, like, the best female basketball player I've ever seen. She played for UConn. She went to the WNBA. She yeah, just a, she could hit threes she, like crazy. Oh my gosh, she was impressive. Yeah, but like, look, she's not going in the NBA. Oh no, she's not going into men's college. No, you know, if she goes into to mm-hmm. men's high school ball. She's probably going to be pretty good, depending on where she plays. Because I mean, mm, yeah, you know, she'd be, she'd be a she'd maybe be junior a, high high school. I, I, I don't know what, I mean, we the same thing happened with Serena Williams, right? Remember the Williams yeah. uh, sisters played against what was the guy ranked two hundred in the world? Two hundred and one. Two hundred and one. What in was the, the set? World. Do you remember? Six oh six one. So they did win right. a game. Yeah, they did win one. They did win one game. Yeah, one of them won one because he beat. I think he beat one of them six zero, and he beat the other one six one. Six one. Yeah. And again, this and guy was, was not a top player. Two hundred and first ranked player in the world. Yeah. Uh, and then they then they cha- so then they changed. Well, we could compete with anybody uh, three hundred or under. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, good for you. Okay. Okay. By the way, uh, blazetv.com. Use the promo code Glen20. They've kept it active because of the Elon Omar specials getting so much attention right now. Mm. Um, so please check it out. Uh, go to blazetv.com. Use the promo code Glen20. You'll save 20 bucks. You can also go to YouTube and see a big chunk of it. If you just want to get, uh, if you don't have time to sign up today, that's fine. Go watch it on YouTube. Make sure that you support research like this or it is not going to happen. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And it's Pat and Stu for Glenn this week. Uh, the debates last night talked about uh, quite a bit of it. There was also um, the head of the... Is he the head, Tom Perez? Yeah, he is. He is the head of the DNC, right? Oh. Uh, he yes, kind of set is. the stage for the whole thing uh, before the debate got underway last night. Yeah, and no one watched this, of course, mm-hmm. because you'd be insane to do it. Sadly, it's a, it's at least peripheral to my job because um, I, I only did it by mistake, to be honest with you. I, I tuned in a few minutes early, so I was getting dinner ready. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I would see Tom Perez. If I knew it, I would not have done this <laughs> because I just it immediately set me off before the debate even started, Pat. Mm. I mean, yeah, that's tough. That is. 
you don't want to go through a situation where you're angry going into going into the something that's going to make you even angrier. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad situation. But let me give you this. This is this is Perez talking about Medicare, an, an amazing accomplishment by the Democrats and the legacy of Medicare and what it can teach us today. Here's Tom Perez from right before the debate yesterday. Democrats dreamed of putting a man on the moon, and we did just that. We dreamed of a great society, and we built it. We dreamed that seniors and people with disabilities and people who are poor could get access to health care. And 54 years ago today, President Johnson signed Medicaid and Medicare into law. Folks. Those are... Terrible programs. And I will note parenthetically, what did Republicans who opposed it call those laws? Socialism. Yes, this is a class exercise. Socialism. Ronald Reagan said, and I quote, Medicare will lead to socialized medicine. Medicare will lead to socialism in America. That's what he Hmm. says. He was full of it then, and these folks are full of it now when they try to distract you. What? It, It is leading to exactly that. It was legitimately a perfect. I mean, that's like a perfect an, prediction. A, a spooky prophecy from yeah. Ronald Reagan. It would lead to socialism, and now what are we talking about? Socialized medicine. He is on wow. stage, wow. literally Jeez, standing in front of a podium in the center of the stage, in which the person leading the field of this debate is an announced socialist, <laughs> and he makes that point. The person standing next to him is, Jeez. for Not an all announced, intents and purposes, socialist. a socialist as well. They have the identical yep. policies. So Warren and Sanders are leading the field that's about to stand behind him, and he has the balls to mock <laughs> a prediction that Medicare would lead to socialism. Wow. And you know what? Medicare's leading to socialism. And this is not something that a lot of people like to hear, because Medicare is a very popular it- program and yet it in and of itself is a form of socialism it it's a big is. government program it is it is virtually socialism yeah i mean it you know it is it's what it is i mean look it is something that you might like you might think it's a good idea you've come to rely on it exactly and a lot of people do yep but it is absolutely a socialist program and because of it it has it has cleared the path for many more programs like it. And it's, it's, it's part of a long run from going back to FDR. But Medicare in particular is a massive driver of our debt. It is a complete and utter disaster. Let me give you this stat. In the next 30 years, the CBO projects we are going to get an additional $80 trillion of debt. $80 trillion of debt in the next 30 years is what they're predicting right now. now you know Not including get... unfunded liabilities. No, this is just this, wow. this is just what we're going to actually get in the next 30 years. And that does, of course, not include any of the plans you heard talked about on stage last night. It doesn't mm-hmm. include any of the other crazy crap they're going to actually pass in the meantime. We know it's going to be more than that. But $80 trillion is what they project right now. The way they get to that number is Social Security and Medicare are projected to be $103 trillion in debt. And the rest of the budget is supposed to be $23 trillion in surplus. So to get to $80 trillion, it's $103 trillion of Medicare and, and Social Security. And it actually backs off from that back to 80 
because of uh, of of other parts of the budget. That's how bad wow. these programs are. They're destroying our nation when it comes to debt. Now, they may be important. They are incredibly popular when you poll them. I mean, 70% of Republicans approve of these programs. But that's, that is the issue. That is what Reagan was talking about. Mm-hmm. Because now, it's natural. Now, that dependence is part of your life as an American. It's locked in. It's yours. No one fights about it. When people come out and say, I'm going to change the year you're eligible by one year, they get voted out of office. We now have both parties who run candidates who say, I will not touch one little tiny part of Medicare or Social Security. Mm-hmm. Now, look, if you paid into the system, do you do, you know, under an agreement, you, you know, you deserve what you should get, right? I mean, like you've paid into it. That's not the situation. None of these programs ever touch people who've already paid into it. They always grandfather people in because of that, because of that argument. But I think conservatives a lot of times will look at these big government programs and say, you know what is a bad one? The Obama phone, right? You know what's a bad one is uh, welfare. You know what the bad one is? Is, you know, um, even Obamacare, right? Where so someone who is theoretically in need of something, the government gives them hands out, handouts. And sometimes those things get abused. Those things are bad in a lot of ways. But much worse is the universal program, Social Security and Medicare. Because mm-hmm. every Bill freaking Gates can get Medicare. Bill freaking Gates can get Social Security. Why? Delaney made a great point last night where he was he said, you know, why are we going to get rid of private insurance for everyone? That would be like when we passed Social Security, we should have made pensions illegal. That and, is a good point. And it's true. It's a good point. This is all it is. It's the government forcing you into this long-term scam, mm-hmm. right? Because we know mm-hmm. the money isn't actually going to your health care. But in, in theory, you pay a tax your whole life. So that later on, they give you... It's a government-forced savings program where you get basically no interest on your money. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is insanity, but now it is so locked into the character of this country because you know what? These things work. Socialism works. When, you, when it comes down to manipulating public opinion, it works. This is why when, it, when Obamacare was at 38% approval, they forced it through anyway because they knew if they let, they let it stick in there long enough, people would get used to it, would get dependent on it, and it would become popular. Yep. More coming up in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hi, I'm Kathy Lee Gifford, and I've got a question for you. Have you ever tried Tackle? It's awesome. You and I are busy people, right? Sometimes we just need a little help with those annoying little chores around the house. But finding help can be more of a challenge than just doing it yourself. Not with Tackle. Tackle connects you with approved providers who can do all those things you don't have time to do. And they do it according to your schedule. It's a great way to make time for the more important things in your life. Go to Tackle.com or download the free Tackle app and look at the hundreds of available chores you can get done. You can find someone to help with things like mowing your yard, hauling off your junk, and pressure washing your patio. Tackle gives you fast help for small jobs. That's T-A-K-L, Tackle. Visit Tackle.com or download the Tackle app today. Try the Tackle app today and use promo code TACKLE for 10% off your first job. Enter the promo code TACKLE, that's T-A-K-L, and get 10% off your first job. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, the good news is... If you missed the debate last night, oh. <laughs> you're in luck. There's night 
two mm. tonight. And that, you know, the two main players in this one will be Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. That should be interesting because as Biden described it, Kamala Harris took a two by four to him last time. So I don't think he's going to be quite as pleasant. Oh, this time. no. Oh, no. That's going to it's going to be messy. Yeah. I think there's a lot of interest. might be fun. Dynamics in this one. Obviously, the number one dynamic is how does Joe Biden respond to being destroyed last time? Mm-hmm. He, he has had time to prepare. No excuses. He needs to be massively ready, and he needs to be able to do a good job tonight. Not a, a not as typical, you know, middling performance in a debate. He needs to do a good job. He needs to show that he's not slipping, because it looked last time like he was slipping. Did, yeah, did. And so I'm I'm going to be interested to see that. I think is the number one takeaway from what we're going to see tonight. Uh, and will Harris? go after him again and 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 i think harris and by the way you can get um i did the there's a new edition of the power rankings democratic power rankings uh out uh and you know we re-ranked from 25 to 1 all the candidates and how they're doing and it's worth checking out for a little pre pre pre-debate uh prep if you want to look at how they're doing and also make fun of them a little bit but kamala harris is an interesting one she actually finished second uh behind biden overall in the field uh in this edition of the power rankings but I think there's stuff mm. to worry about there because more than anyone else, Kamala Harris's run here is based on one spectacular moment. And you can win a lot of basketball games by shooting 60% from three-point range, but you can't depend on that every game. If, she, if her path to the presidency is a perfect debate performance every time, she's not going to win. She needs to be able to do more. She needs to be more consistent in between these debates. And if she has a bad performance tonight you can see her support going away quickly. It's amazing how that moment is perceived to be so great, too, because what was it? She was talking about... She didn't even tell the story well. There's a there's a, a person yeah. on a bus. Yeah. That person was me. I was five years old at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I made you it need to dead. create a little thing, you yes. know, where you get drawn into it, and then at the end, oh, by the way, I was that five-year-old girl. She didn't even do it like she that. She didn't even do it. It was partic- bad. She didn't do it well. I thought she did okay with it. Plus, but- it's a story that is irrelevant irrelevant today. it's and it's substance free i mean we find yeah. out later that basically she agrees with him on busing which is even more ridiculous but again she had she had several good moments in that debate overall she had a good performance i mean i think she had when it comes down to a large field debate i don't know that i've ever seen anyone have a better night but that being said mm-hmm. That That is not a... You don't win elections. As she's seeing, right? She had a nice burst up to about 15, but she's down to about 12 again. Yeah. You know, Biden Everything is, settled kind of back to where it was before the debate. Yeah, she, I mean, she definitely took a step up. She, pro- she was probably about five or six, maybe 7% before that. She jumped up to about 15 and is held on to about 12. So she's held maybe two-thirds of the bump, where Biden lost about 10 points and has regained probably two-thirds of the, of the loss. So it was not a devastating thing, but at some point, Democrats are going to look at Biden if he continually turns in poor performances and said, wow, if Kamala Harris is doing this to him, yeah, what's Trump going to do to him? So I think that that's going to be interesting. Another thing I did to draw your attention to, if you happen to be watching this d- disaster tonight, is Tulsi Gabbard. Mm-hmm. Now, Gabbard, since the Kamala Harris uh, or Kamala Harris debate, has has run large amounts of interference for joe biden she has criticized uh loudly kamala harris stance on busing and defended joe biden 
she has said Kamala Harris is not qualified to be president of the United States. Probably the most uh, aggressive attacks in this entire primary so far have been in the past month from Tulsi Gabbard at Kamala Harris. And it signals to me very strongly that Gabbard wants in on a Biden administration, whether it's VP or Secretary of Defense, something like that. She, I mean, defense is her big thing. Very well might be Secretary of Defense. But I, I, Kamala Harris needs to be prepared because Gabbard is pretty smart and she's a good debater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, if she's ganging up essentially on Harris with Biden, Harris better be uh, prepared for that because it's one thing to attack some old white guy. <laughs> you know, Tulsi Gabbard's not going to go away so easily. So that's, I think, an interesting thing to watch as you go through this tonight. Another amazing part of this is when you look at the field, the way they set up this field is the two people who are leading the polls are in the middle, right? Biden yep. and Harris, uh-huh. two people who are the least, the, the worst in the polls, de Blasio and Michael Bennett are on the ends, and it goes in from there. Who's standing next to Kamala Harris? Think about this field for a second. Who would you think? You know, Cory Booker, mm-hmm. Julian Castro, Kirsten Gillibrand, Jay Inslee, right? Andrew Yang. Andrew wow. Yang is what wow. you would say, I guess, is third place in this field <laughs> right now. And he had almost no time to talk in the first debate. They wouldn't let him say much of anything, and he was not aggressive enough. He did, you know, he just did not have a good night. But, you know, it's first one of those these things. It'd be interesting to see if he can do anything tonight. He, he also called last night's debate, uh he likened it to a boring football game. Oh, it's really? kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah, because Democrats criticizing Democrat debates, that doesn't happen all that often. Does not happen much. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. More Patton Stu for Glenn coming up in him. Sixty seconds. Health concerns are a sad part of life. I mean it seems like there's always something that either hurts or bothers us health wise, right? Well, if that's you, you really need to see what CBD products can do for your health. CBD may offer many of the health benefits of marijuana, but without the high. So it's 100% legal and requires no prescription from CBDistillery.com. The health testimonials are impressive, like this customer who wrote, I highly recommend CBD to everyone. It's done a complete turnaround for me. Another customer wrote, CBD made a big difference in my health. Look, if you haven't tried CBD for that health concern, You should, but where you get CBD products is crucial. With independent lab tests and nearly a quarter million customers, you can trust CBDistillery.com. See what CBD can do for your health. Go to CBDistillery.com and enter relief for 20% off. Again, enter relief for 20% off at CBDistillery.com. CBDistillery.com. So, will there be anyone tonight who will continue the rich tradition of Democrat debate yodeling? That's that's mm. the one question. Will will we have a yodeler as we did last Normally, night? way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth. Normally, way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth. Normally, way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth. My hope is that, yes, there will be <laughs> yodeling again tonight. I hope it's in Spanish, though. I heard no Spanish last night. Oh, that's just, but that's, well, it's hateful is what it is. Yeah. It's hateful. What about those people I think in America should. who speak Spanish? My requirement for every candidate is that they at least say one sentence in every debate in each language available to them. 
Wouldn't that be the so inclusive thing to do? all of the world's languages. Uh-huh. I think Klingon should be included in that. I think some of the... Uh, there are people who speak it. Are you saying that they're wrong? No. That they identify no. incorrectly? Is Absolutely that what you're saying, not. Democratic candidates? I, am, I hope not. I am saying that somebody should speak it there to There you them. go. I like that. That should be interesting. Yes. Uh, I will be interested to see, too, uh, if uh, the two people on stage who have a long standing immunity to shame and embarrassment Cory booker and bill de blasio <laughs> i expect them i expect fireworks mm-hmm. out of both of them particularly de blasio because he's got nothing to lose i mean he's basically at zero or one percent he's going to he will get to the and left he is of literally on stage begging, begging for money for for donations because he's trying to get to that hundred and thirty thousand mark now right and he's nowhere near that no so he is be- just please a dollar just a- send me a dollar give me anything yeah and that's a fascinating part. The one thing I thought Bill de Blasio would be good at would be getting money. The guy mm-hmm. is running a city, which is the financial center of the world, which is filled. The entire city is filled with rich Democrats. Mm-hmm. How is he not? How does he not have more money than everybody else? Because he, everyone hates have, him. Yeah. That's the answer. He hasn't made a lot of friends. <laughs> no, that guy. Everyone hates him. Um, but he will try really hard. First of all, he'll try to get to the left of everyone on stage. And secondly, he will. I would be stunned if he does not go after Biden in particular because he wants the viral moments. He's all about trying mm-hmm. to get these viral moments to get attention. Cory Booker, to a lesser extent, I think will try the same thing. Booker's pissed because Booker was actually criticizing Biden before Kamala was. And then Kamala got the big moment out of it because Booker's terrible. Like Kamala, for, say what you say it's you say joke. about her is can at least perform a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know where Booker is just awful in every way. He's just not good at this thing he's trying to do. You know, a lot of people try a lot of different things. Sometimes you're successful. Sometimes you're not. When you're not, and you realize you're bad at this thing you're trying to do, sometimes it's better to try Stop something doing else. Doing it. You're just like, Stop. He is like the guy who comes in and like the first <laughs> episode of American Idol. Uh-huh. And tries out for singing. Right. And, then, and he thinks he's fantastic. And he thinks he's good. He's nailed it. And his family's been telling him he's great. Yeah. For years. Yeah. And he goes in and he nails it. I, <laughs> and then Simon just disassembles him. <laughs> that is Cory Booker. <laughs> and he's going to try something tonight, I'm sure, to get get himself on the highlights. Mm-hmm. He's got some, some Spartacus-esque line that he's going to try to roll out there tonight. And that's going to be an embarrassment. Because that's what he does. It just it, it's it's pitchy, Doug. It's just a, super pitchy. It's pitchy, Doug. For me, it, it's a no. For me, it's a it's no. A no. It's, a, it's a no for me. And that's what he's going to get from all the judges. Yes, I don't even think Democrats like Cory Booker. I otherwise he'd be you know in the teens at least right now. Where is he? Two percent? Two or three? I mean, at he, best? Yeah. He, I mean, he's I, still behind Beto, and Beto is virtually imploded. Um, the Beto thing is really rough. That's, I, I, that's an amazing. You almost feel sorry for him. Yeah. Beto, but not quite. Beto crossed an interesting line for me last night, which is my expectations have now become so low, he actually exceeded them. <laughs> Did he? Yes. I really? thought I thought he was just only bad. Was it the ten year <laughs> thing on the on the climate change that's that swayed you? Uh no. Here's listen to that mm-hmm. again, and maybe it will sway you this time. Mm-hmm. Here's Beto talking about uh, you know, how desperate the climate change situation is. Congressman O'Rourke. I've listened response. to scientists on this and they're very clear. We don't have more than 10 years no, to no, get... They're, they're not clear on that. Right. No. And we won't meet that challenge with half steps 
or half measures mm-hmm. or only half the country. We've got to bring right. everyone everybody, in. The people everyone. of Detroit and those that I listened to in Flint last mm-hmm. week, they want the challenge. They want those jobs. They want to create the future for this country yeah. and the world. Those community college students that I met in Tucumcari, New Mexico, uh, understand that wind and mm-hmm. solar jobs are the fastest growing jobs in the country. And those farmers in Iowa say, pay me for the environmental services of planting cover crops mm-hmm. and keeping more land in conservation easements. That's how we meet the challenge. We- so 10 years to climate catastrophe, according to Beto O'Rourke. And he said he wanted to listen to the scientists. I will tell you that the actual scientist who does did the report he's talking about said specifically he was wrong on it. In a fact check on Beto <laughs> saying this. <laughs> but yet he's still saying it on stage at a debate. It's amazing. Uh, that's They've balls. got no shame. Uh, yeah. Absolutely no shame. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. More Pat and Stuper Glenn coming up. Well, look who it is. Uh, Hi. You know, Pat and Stu here for Glenn. And then uh, Jeffy joins us. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> we were doing okay. Really? Yeah, we I were. I stopped we were. Say hello. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Thought I wanted to ease some people's fears. You know, bit. you didn't have to do that. What? You did not have no, to do it. No, you're here. We would have been, you know, okay if you didn't. I but mean, because I don't want same, you to put yourself building. out, right? In the same building. I figured, you know, yeah. here, walk in. Like, a, lot of, okay. a lot of walking for someone like you. A lot you, of walking. <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> which we don't want to encourage because who knows what could happen if I start walking around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd get in better shape than I am now. <laughs> You're currently you describe yourself still as athletically overweight. That's correct. Okay, I don't know why you sound like you're doubting that, but that's that's exactly what I am. I mean, look at him; it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. There is something very clear when I look at him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you have for chewing? I just the fat? wanted to uh, ease everyone. By the fears. way, you can actually download the podcast. Chewing. Yes, you the can. Fat. Thank you. you podcast can download... by the same name. Chewing, chewing the, the fat. fat. Uh, which you can download. Subscribe. You can also download the... uh, Pat Gray Unleashed. Same time, same place. Uh, it's available wherever you find your podcasts. So, there you go. All right. What do you? What's have? in your wallet, Pat? What's in your wallet? I don't carry a wallet. Well, I just want to ease your fears because Capital One had a little issue, uh, and they uh, <laughs> put out their press release. And it's only look, it's only affecting about a hundred million people oh, that's in the not U.S. Bad. That's not bad. But another six million in Canada. Don't mm. worry about it. Mm-hmm. And they just they put out a press release. They wanted to they wanted to you know ease the tension a little bit based on our analysis. We believe it's unlikely that the information was used for fraud or disseminated by this individual. However. We're going to continue to investigate, okay? And uh, look, they wanted to make sure everybody knew no bank account numbers or social security numbers were compromised other than the 140,000 social security numbers or credit card customers and about 80,000 linked bank account numbers to uh, our secured credit card customers. But that's it, though. That's not bad. That's it. That's but, not bad. But that's in addition to the 900 million <laughs> homeowners files that were compromised yeah, about four it. months ago. That's it. That's and, not bad. Right. Right. That's right. not everybody on earth. And look. <laughs> fair. <laughs> it's the, not fair. Yeah. No credit card account numbers or login credentials were compromised. And over 99% of social security numbers were not compromised. So okay. less than 1%. Is it true that too, this is an in, essentially an inside job, right? Someone who they worked think, yeah. for Capital That's One, they, they think, think. And the alleged person is actually a woman. Is that accurate? I, I do not know that. That's uh, It just doesn't fit the Why? profile. I, it's, it's complete mm. sexism. Like if people are yeah, like, absolutely. oh, you're being sexist. I am here. I am. I think it was a guy. Would, would you say hackers, like it you think a guy. guys, right? Yeah. I mean, you do. It's like the old riddle. 
uh, a son is injured in a tragic uh, car accident and is rushed to the emergency room for surgery right away. Mm -hmm. The surgeon walks in to the operating room and says, I can't operate on this person. He's my son. The doctor is not a man. Who's the doctor? Uh, <laughs> a non-binary person? If <laughs> you delivered that exactly right, uh, but uh, <laughs> it's still telling about our sexism. Yes. Yes. I will say every hacker movie does have the one hot hacker girl in it. Right. There's always yeah, that's one. Who this was. Yeah, that's what this that's was. Who this was? Yeah. There's the one attractive the one hacker hot girl. Hacker. Who is like she's a little crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Like Mr. Robot has these characters, right? They're little. They're yeah. always a little crazy, a little yeah. off. They usually have like pink hair, <laughs> so you know that they're a little crazy. Yeah. But, but crazy but attractive. Yeah, they're, right. but they're and, just attra- they're attractive. And good at a, what they do. Thank good at what you. they do. Thank you. And and hot mm-hmm. in a nerdy way, like the glasses, sure. maybe maybe the pu- right. a punk yeah. way. It's a little. It's a little bit alternative. Still questioning authority, like you. Well, it's oh, like yeah. if Cindy Crawford put on a pair of glasses, uh, you wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't assume she's a that? gorgeous woman. <laughs> and right? then you'd just be like, "Whoa, who's what? that nerd?" Yeah, who's that nerd? Especially <laughs> if she had her hair up too, right? Oh, then yeah. you would never then know. You'd know. Yeah. You wouldn't know. Those are the only two things that make a woman attractive. Is whether she's wearing glasses or her hair or is she a hacker? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the way it works. Yeah, and apparently that's what happened at Capital One. We've we've solved the case, <laughs> so nothing to worry about. Everything's okay. So, uh, a police officer in uh, in Indianapolis uh, stopped at McDonald's and uh, picked up a little McChicken uh, for work and uh, mm-hmm. got his order and drove back to the old jail's Capital. Comp- Compliment and said, "Hey, uh, the compliment, yeah, the compliment. He drove back the to the complex. complex. Yeah, the complex, complex, complex. 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 Old jail complex. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Did you just have I, a stroke? I, no, I was yodeling. <laughs> I was yodeling with Marion. Oh, okay. oh. Normally, way over yeah. there with Bernie. Normally, way with over the there with Bernie. Compliment. See, I was trying to yodel. Mm-hmm. Okay, quite good. Uh, that was, that was close. And uh, when he went to uh, eat his sandwich, he uh, realized there was some bites taken out of his sandwich, and said, "Hey." Did the guy at McDonald's taking bites out of my sandwich because I'm a police officer? And he went back to McDonald's and got the guy in front of the counter and hollered at him and said, what's going on here? They said, we'll give you a new sandwich, sir. No, that's not good enough. I want apologies around the... Well, he investigated, and uh, the police officer had taken out the nibbles himself uh, on the way back. <laughs> I mean, he had just forgotten. <laughs> what? So, and he forgot that he took the uh, bites out of the sandwich. And uh, the police department said, mm, you know, we're sorry. Uh, he went back and apologized to the McDonald's guy and said... Huh. Mm, oops <laughs> sorry you know we looked at the footage we looked at the footage and he had taken a couple of bites out of it before he put it in the refrigerator he just forgot about it sorry <laughs> weird <laughs> he didn't mean to be a a jerk to you or you know cause any problems about mcdonald's employees mm-hmm. uh, hating police officers or anything like that <laughs> never mind it's one of those things that could go viral and like ruin a hundred lives right. and then later mm-hmm. on they're just All like right. ah sorry about that well, like, yeah, but I've already lost my job and I got divorced and I'm <laughs> like, well, <laughs> right. I will say, though, I could definitely see myself taking multiple bites out of a meal and forgetting, and about forgetting I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Very possible. Yeah. But and for you, Jeffy, obviously, you've forgotten about entire meals. I mean, <laughs> per day. You're like, hey, I want, where's my dinner, honey? And you're like, you ju- you have the empty plate in your hand still. You haven't I, even put it in the I sink. Will, I will say for years I suffered from, you know, it's sleep eating. It's a complex. Sleep eating? Yeah, yeah that's true. Oh, wow. It's not as bad as I- IYS. No. 
Uh, no, it is not. We all uh, suffer from this, apparently. Inadvertent yodeling syndrome is mm-hmm. tragic. Normally, way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth. Normally, way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth. <laughs> I didn't realize I was suffering from it, but I am. So. <laughs> that really is amazing, that clip. Isn't it? There's something about her voice, and it's driving me nuts, oh, I swear. Is. She is. yodels. It might be well, that. Well, the yodeling. <laughs> Socialism. Marxist. <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> Dark forces. I am not one to make fun of her her serious physical ailment of uh, unintentional. What is it? In, intermittent. I Y S. I Y S. It's easier to remember. Yeah. What is it? I Y S. Inadvertent. Inadvertent. Yodeling syndrome. Yodeling syndrome. <laughs> I'm not gonna make fun of that. <laughs> but Good. there's something about her voice. Maybe Jeffy, because mm. you watch every television show that's ever aired. Mm-hmm. There's a, like I think there's like an SNL character maybe. That it's reminding me of, like I feel like it's something like, because usually it's the other way around. They base, they base SNL characters, characters on real people. Else, yeah. I feel like it's the, like she's based herself on an <laughs> SNL character. Is that possible? I, it's sure it's possible, but I I couldn't tell you which would. Who Is it the Al Franken character who used to say, <laughs> uh, what what was it? He, you're good enough. You're good, good enough. enough. You're, you're smart it. enough. Uh, and darn it. it, people like you. People like you. <laughs> Interesting. People did not like Al Franken. <laughs> no. In reality, they do uh, now. They do now again. He's back in. He's back in business, which is amazing. He is back. Watch in him run. He's going to run for Senate. Absolutely. Again. He's going to. He, you're, I think you're right, and yeah. it's funny because what has happened as a result of this Al Franken thing, where he, we know for a fact. Right, was taking what he would even call himself inappropriate photos with a woman where he was almost grabbing right. her. We know that uh, she has accused him of, of much worse. What is the result of that? Number one, Al Franken's back in the good graces of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Number two, Kirsten Gillibrand, for asking for him to, to step down, is now persona non grata. The woman mm-hmm. takes the beating for the guy who did it. Then the a woman who is the accuser is now run through the mud in New York uh, New Yorker New and Yorker magazine. Totally fine. Totally fine to do all that. All of a sudden. By the same people who believe the worst accuser of Kavanaugh, the one that no one believed. <laughs> the right. same writer Jeez. now is trashing Al Franken's accuser. Yeah. yeah. That is how that is how insincere wow. The whole Me Too thing is for Democrats. Couldn't care less about women. Of course. They could not care less. They don't care at all. Whatever happened to Christina Blasey Ford? When's the last time you heard from her? Now that the Kavanaugh thing's over, do they care about justice in that case? (laughs) They can still bring charges. Yeah. They won't because they, one, know it's not true, and two, don't care at all about her. <laughs> they don't did. care what happened not to her. They don't care if she it. actually went through it. They mm-hmm. don't care if she was ever telling the truth for a moment. And the same goes with the Avenatti people that he mm-hmm. brought to the table. They didn't care if they were telling right. the truth. They were lying the whole time. Obviously, there are real victims of people like Harvey Weinstein. Uh, uh, and of too, man. That guy's yeah, yeah. And in many ways. Um, but... That is not what Democrats said. That had nothing to do with what the Democrats were doing with Me Too. They don't. They didn't care about anything that had to do with Roy Moore. They didn't care anything about any of the accusers from Kavanaugh. They don't care about those people at all. They don't care about them. It was all a ploy mm-hmm. for political gain. And now that the, the cycle is over, these people are ejected out of the freaking, like they're in a top gun. They're just ejected <laughs> out of the plane. Yep. And poor Goose hit his head on the door. And you're never going to hear from him again. I mean, Al Franken just wants his office back, Stu. Why the hate? Uh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> they're trying to rehabilitate this guy. It is. And I will say this, too, it Pat. Is. And we, made, we were talking about this off the, the other day. There are times in which you just need to freaking ignore social media. 
Now let's just take Al Franken's side here for a minute. Al, let's just say he didn't yeah. do these things, and he these were false accusations because we've un, we've in the last couple of weeks there's been three that turned out to be false accusations about people um, that were completely disproven. Um, and so these a lot of these Me Too things, obviously we know, not all of them were legitimate. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're Al Franken and you're saying you didn't do these things, you're, you're not this terrible person, why would you resign? Why would you apologize? Why would you do any of these things? Why not just come out and fight it? The guy bailed and he's already got all the Democrats back on his side. If he would have just waited... Mm-hmm. And he would have fought would have been it. Fine. He probably would have been fine in a couple of weeks. I think we, and if I remember right, we may have even said that then uh, yeah. at the time. What, what's, why is he resigning? Because he, he didn't seem like he wanted to. And he just went no. with the tide. They were forcing his hand to do it. And it was I, I would assume like Schumer or something pressured him. Once and, female senators turned against him, it was over. Yeah, it was Gillibrand. just over, especially in his own party. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, was really Gillibrand re- led that. And now yeah. she is the one getting punished. The Democratic Party is punishing <laughs> A, a female senator because she said someone accused of sexual assault should step down. <laughs> that is who these people actually are. Whenever they when they come up here and they have these press conferences that's and they get all right. these high minded ideas, in reality, that's who they are. Remember the Franken thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I have no sympathy for Kirsten Gillibrand as a politician. She's terrible. Her policies are awful. And she's not good at this. She's not going to win the nomination. But the fact that she's being trashed by her own party for requesting a guy who was on camera mm-hmm. doing inappropriate things with women. And at the same time, they're bashing Brett Kavanaugh for something that no one can even remember what month mm-hmm. or location it occurred. Mm-hmm. And it was 40 <laughs> years ago. That tells you everything you need to know about the Democratic Party today. Amen. All I can say is... Normally, way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth on this one. Pat and Stu for Glenn. Uh, also joining us, Jeff Fisher. Uh, you, you found an interesting uh, poll that just uh, came out. Quinnipiac University poll. Uh, and Harry Anton outlines this at CNN. But it is amazing. It just shows how ridiculous the world is right now. 51% of voters believe that Donald Trump is a racist. 51% of voters. Wow, over half of them. But they're told wow. every day. Yeah, all they're the told time. every day. All day, and every day. Part of me thinks like, okay, it's partisan divide. Like, this is yeah. somewhat common. Though the historical perspective is jarring. In September 1968, they did a poll about George Wallace, a segregationist. <laughs> Asked if they people believed he was racist. Oh my! Only forty-one percent agreed. Wow! So fifty-one That's currently believe Donald Trump is incredible. a racist. Incredible! And forty-one believe forty-one uh, percent believe George Wallace was a racist. Now Wallace, I mean, he's a segregationist. Wow. Segregationist. The, the Trump thing is is, is fascinating because there's not mm. one solid piece of evidence that he's racist. Right. Right. Like, and right. He, you can obviously point to a lot of things that would point the other way. Right. Mm-hmm. Can, you know, considering many of the policies he's he's done and, and uh, you know, uh, people he's hired and, and all of these things, you could, you know, people would point out things like Charlottesville. And now they're going to all the way to this Baltimore thing. And, and you know, it, we wish we talked about a lot on Monday. The birtherism, birtherism yeah. all the time. Like they'll. But these are things that basically they're reading into his mindset, yes. right? There's not a point where you didn't have to read anything yeah, yeah. into George Wallace. You hear the Nixon tapes. You hear the Lyndon B. Johnson yeah, right, right behind the scenes. There's right. no question of their deep racism. I mean, but, the LBJ was an absolute race, yes. racist in yes. every way. Yeah. Um, but you know, Trump, like you have comments that are racially problematic for some. 
but there's no hardcore evidence. Not that I've seen. That he's a... <laughs> uh, maybe you didn't watch the debate last night, Stu, because uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, pointed out environmental racism, economic racism, Wait, healthcare oh. racism. Health okay. healthcare racism? So, healthcare uh, racism? Huh. Yeah. Maybe you ought to just pay attention. And what, how, how could you be environmentally Warren, racist? <laughs> well, he won't build any black hospitals. It's only getting uh, hotter so in black neighborhoods. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Amazing. I don't know how that works. That so bad. Wow. This is But again, really... they're told over and over again. We're, yeah. we're told. Yes. All day, every day. Especially on CNN. Everyone's marinating it all yeah. the time yeah. uh, as a fact. So it's not surprising the numbers are high. See you tomorrow. You're listening to Glenn Beck.